You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome to the Legal Skinny Podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a case study on the case, the state of New York versus the U.S. Department of Labor, specifically the topic of the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and the work availability requirement that the Department of Labor put in the regulations related to that act. So the state of New York is challenging the U.S. Department of Labor as to whether or not they exceeded their authority in um, various areas of the regulations that they put forth after the Families First Coronavirus Response Act came into effect on April 1st, 2020. Now, specifically, what that means is Congress, when they passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which in- included, of course, are the emergency paid sick leave and the expanded FMLA uh, that required many employers to provide uh, paid sick leave or this paid FMLA across the nation and that weren't already providing it due to a state or other local law. So when that was passed and President Trump signed it into effect and the effective date of April 1st, 2020 occurred, there was still a lot of issues related to the law and how the implementation of the law was going to occur. And in the FFCRA, it tasked the Department of Labor with the ability to come out with some regulations related specifically to how uh, the, the employers and the employees were going to see this implemented. And in the case that we're looking at here today, see the state of New York is challenging that the Department of Labor basically didn't do a good job and exceeded their authority as to what Congress had originally intended when they um, when they gave the authority to the Department of Labor. They said the Department of Labor has now exceeded their authority in these regulations. Now, there's four parts in particular in this case where the New York federal judge invalidated parts of the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. In this episode, we're only going to be talking about the work availability requirement. In subsequent episodes, I'll be talking about the other three parts of the FFCRA that were invalidated by the New York federal judge. So let's talk about the work availability requirement. In the work availability requirement, uh, the regulations, um, specifically the Department of Labor said that it was sort of a precondition to getting FFCRA leave that the employer actually have work available for the employee, which means if an employee was furloughed because there was no work for the employee, then that employee then would not be able to take 
any type of FFCRA leave for, of course, what we know to be the, the six qualifying reasons under the emergency paid sick leave or the, the one qualifying reason for the EFMLA. And in those um, particular different areas of how they could take that leave, uh, they said, look, if work's not available, you can't take the leave. Now, the state of New York is challenging that, saying that's not right. And then the New York federal judge in this case did agree and, in fact, called um, their explanation of the Department of Labor of why they're requiring this work availability as uh, patently deficient. And <laughs> they uh, they find that it's not in, in um, agreement with what Congress actually intended. They said uh, the limitation is hugely consequential because, of course, at the time, there's a bunch of temporary shutdowns, slowdowns of businesses nationwide. So this, of course, making work immediately unavailable for many employees, therefore making many employees unavailable to take the FFCRA leave because they were required to have this work requirement. And they found that this, you know, limited the statutory uh, uh, leave requirements that, you know, Congress initially had enacted. So what did the Department of, of Labor do in response to this? Um, well, when they argued that they thought that the work availability requirement made sense, because that the reason that the person would be taking leave wouldn't be because um, of FMLA related reasons, but because there was no work, they actually would not be working. Well, the New York federal judge completely disagreed and decided to invalidate the work availability requirement, just saying that the explanation of the Department of Labor and the regs just didn't meet up to the standards of what they were expecting, calling it, again, patently deficient. So the Department of Labor now has responded by supplementing and clarifying. And what they did was they basically doubled down on the work availability requirement. And specifically, they, they responded by saying, okay, look, you know, we, we understand what you're saying. Uh, they've considered the Department of Labor's opinion, and now they're providing a much fuller explanation so that it wouldn't be deficient on the original reason regarding the work availability requirement. And specifically talking about how, look, the even the term leave as it's used in the FFCRA is best understood to require that an employee's absent from work at a time when he or she would have otherwise been working. Whereas if there's no available work for the employee, then that is the reason the employee's not working, not one of the qualifying reasons under the FFCRA. Uh, the Department of Labor also noted that, look, the work availability requirement doesn't serve the purpose of the FFCRA, which they stated was discouraging employees who could be affected, infected with COVID-19 from going to work. If there's no work to perform, there'd be no need to discourage potentially infected employees from coming to work through the provision of the paid FFCRA leave, nor is there a need to protect a potentially infected employee who stays home from an employer's disciplinary actions if the employer is no work for the employee to perform. They also said that removing the work availability requirement would lead to perverse results. <clears throat> and I kind of agree with them on this when you, when you see the explanation. They said, typically, if an employer closes its business and furloughs its workers, none of those employees would receive paychecks during the closure or furlough period because there's no paid work to perform, right? But if an employee with a qualifying reason could take FFCRA leave, even when there's no work, then he or she would be able to take FFCRA leave potentially for many weeks 
Even when the employer closes its business and furloughs its workers, the employer would be required to then pay for this leave. And uh, that would have the employee that's taking the FFCRA leave to be getting paid when the coworkers who don't have the qualifying reason under the FFCRA leave would not. And the Department of Labor's conclusion was, look, Congress did not intend such an illogical result. So there you have it. The Department of Labor has doubled down on this. Now, we'll have to see what comes of this um, as we move forward and if there's any for further issue related to the work availability requirement. You know, I see the Department of Labor's point on this, you know, uh, whether all of Congress agrees of what the purpose is and how the Department of Labor has stated it for the FFCRA. It does make sense that employers that are struggling, right? They don't have the money to pay the employees, so they furloughed them now um, to, you know, that the intent was not that you would be then, you know, picking and choosing certain uh, employees that are furloughed to get some payments under the FFCRA leave. But we'll see how this all plays out. And that's the legal skinny case study on the state of New York versus the U.S. Department of Labor with the FFCRA work availability requirement. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also, check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember... This is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.